Let's talk about how the Fed's policy compares to some of the other central bankers around the world. Jeff Kleintop joins us for it, the chief global investment strategist at Charles Schwab. Morning, Jeff. Good morning, Oliver. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, looking at a Fed now that seems pretty locked in for uh, maybe 50 bips uh, coming up here. All the language from the Fed speakers and now the market, too. So I guess we're getting it. Well, we might. Look, I, I think this is a market that's uh, been reacting well to this news from the Fed, mainly because, Oliver, usually when we're in an environment where the Fed's talking about hiking rates, whether it's 25 or 50, financial conditions are tightening and that means a weaker lending and, and growth outlook but that's not what's happening this time in fact financial conditions have been easing in the last week or two because they prematurely tightened on the war in ukraine and so i think we're limited here perhaps in how much the market rallies in the face of this maybe 50 basis point rate hike from the fed simply because we're not going to get all the way back to those easy financial conditions we saw in the pre-invasion environment simply because the fed's hiking now and rates are higher now and there's a tighter uh, lending conditions across many different banks out there so i think there's still maybe room to be positive on the market in the near term, but I think there's a limit to this rally based on how far uh, financial conditions are actually going to improve mm. in the face of these 50 base point rate hikes. Jeff, at the same time, China's going the other way, and uh, that creates some pretty interesting potential uh, uh, kind of moves here. Uh, a little bit of a vortex uh, for flows, maybe, if the Fed is hiking, uh, and China's starting to make an overture to its capital markets, trying to repair things. Uh, does that uh, cause capital to chase uh, where the central bank is most friendly? Yeah, it's a great point. And we're seeing a lot of different central banks around the world really depart from maybe the Fed's path and maybe the Bank of Canada, Bank of England. <clears throat> but China is the one that really stands out as departing the most since they're looking at cutting rates, as you hinted. And I think we probably will see rate, rate kites. We didn't see one on Tuesday. I expected one last week. We're likely to get one, though, here in the near future. China's already cut twice in the last three or four months, and they're likely to continue to do so. Rates are relatively high in China. You're looking at 3 to 4% rates, depending on which benchmark you use. They've got a lot of room to cut them even though there is certainly some inflation in China, as we're seeing elsewhere, but rates are already relatively high and their economy has been slowing now, coming in below their target for this year for GDP of 5.5%. So expect more support from the People's Bank of China. Will we see flows in? It's interesting, it's hard to say. It's fascinating to see a 20% bounce in Chinese equities last week. And basically 24 hours, we got a 24% rebound in, in Chinese stocks on a simple announcement by leadership there that they we're going to maybe not be as aggressive in the in the tech crackdown, not not to let these property developer risks go unchecked. Maybe they were going to work with U.S. regulators on ADRs and get that thing wrapped up. A lot of those issues, and they also hinted that the People's Bank of China would be looking to uh, provide some more support for the economy. So all of that getting wrapped into Chinese equities, leading to a pretty powerful bounce last week. We'll have to see if there's any follow through. Well, do we go so far as to call it the China put, uh, Jeff? Because I think we've got a Fed call now. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think we've got to say goodbye to the Fed put and maybe say hello to the China put. It's interesting because China let its stock market fall 50% from its peak back in February of last year before they finally stepped in and said, hold on, we will address these issues. They didn't actually do anything. They just said, we're recognizing this is a problem for the market and we are going to step in and 
and do something about it. And it just shows uh, that they are focused on their capital markets, particularly at a time when they don't want to see IPO volumes drop off inside China. They want to get a private business's capital in order to grow and compete in a lot of these areas that are important, like green technology and semiconductors and, and in other areas. And that's why they want to maintain those domestic capital markets. And so uh, it was interesting to see that that's what it took to get them to step in. I'm not even sure it would take a 20% decline for the Fed to step in. Okay, so uh, year-to-date, uh, the U.S. stock market uh, and emerging markets have been under pressure, but the trade-off elsewhere, obviously Chinese too, but now this big rally kind of uh, maybe marks a turning point. Uh, yesterday, we had Bo Pei from Tiger Securities on, and he was saying that their whole viewer of the Chinese companies basically did a 180 on that announcement last week. Uh, so I've definitely seen some of the analysts do a total reversal but basically, year to date, we're still under pressure in stocks. Uh, you look at what's happening around the world, though, there are some alternatives. You've talked with us about Brazil previously, uh, where that country's stock market has been doing very well. Canada is doing quite well next to the S&P 500. Uh, even some of the European trades relative to there being a war there uh, in the region is uh, pretty resilient. Uh, so where does that leave us, Jeff? Um, are there just a lot of alternatives to U.S. stocks right now? I think there are, for the first time in a long time, we are seeing some of the benefits of diversification here, particularly in commodity-oriented economies. I know there might be some risk to the, the momentum in commodity prices, but look, when you've got a many countries that are concentrated in commodity sectors, energy and, and materials and the like, like Canada, we're seeing some really good earnings numbers. This is gonna be a year make or break on earnings, I think. It's not gonna be about valuation. I think it's gonna be about the underlying fundamental growth of earnings in a relatively difficult environment. And if you take a look at what earnings growth is looking like this year, Canada has actually seen a lot of upward revisions to their earnings forecast. It's amazing. I, I put this chart together here, just taking a look at 2022 analysts' earnings forecast by country. And in general, things are holding up pretty well, but there is a widening divergence here. Commodity-based economies like Canada really seeing a spike to the upside. I know emerging markets are to the downside in this chart that is almost entirely because Russian stocks were taken out on March 9th and their energy stocks contributed some, uh, some earnings to that index. So that pulled out and that caused that number to come down, but really not seeing much of a slump here, but we are seeing some acceleration in those commodity oriented economies, which, which I think presents some opportunities this year. Okay, so the EPS uh, does look pretty similar to some of the uh, performance here and where it doesn't uh, maybe an opportunity for investors to chase the fundamentals uh, like that chart. Great stuff, Jeff. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Great to see you, Oliver. Same. Jeff Kleintops, Chief Global Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab.